welcome everybody. Uh, again, my name is Zach. Uh, if I haven't met you, I'm really looking forward to meeting you. And um, we're going to dig into God's word today. Uh, first up, I just want to pray. Uh, would you pray quick with me? Uh, Lord Jesus, God, we thank you for today, God. We thank you for each person who came through these doors, God. I thank you that you have a plan and a purpose, God, for each person here, Lord. And uh, I ask, God, today that you would open up our ears and open up our eyes, God, to see uh, your truth and your word today, God. And uh, Lord, would you please come and touch the hearts of the people here today? And uh, would we be soft in Lord? Uh, and we invite you uh, to come now in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So uh, I've been hearing a lot of talk about fishing around here lately, and uh, it's really brought me back, you know, growing up on the Grand River. Um, we had a great time catching crayfish, um, fishing in the Grand River. The great thing about fishing in, Gra- in the Grand River is you never really know what you're going to get. <laughs> you know, it's, uh, you don't know if you're going to catch a boot or a fishing rod, but it's always a bonus when you catch a rod or a reel. It's a two-for-one kind of deal, right? Um, and everybody has their secret spots, right? And in the Grand River, there's some really few and far between secret spots, but... <laughs> Pretty good nonetheless, but everybody has their secret spot, and um, this picture reminded me, you know, is there anything, you know, there's few things better than catching a fish, right? It's exhilarating. You lock onto a fish, you're wobbling, and you bring it in, and it's an awesome uh, experience, and uh, sometimes it takes a little longer for some of us to catch one, but the sport itself has millions of people hooked, right? Millions of people are out there and sorry I'm a dad I'm a dad I gotta I gotta do it and um, that feeling it leaves just a hunger for more a hunger for more it drives you to get out there early in the morning and and get your line in get your hook in and and there's just that hunger there that drive for the next catch the next big fish right and there are some similarities in that to the Christian life and um, sometimes we find our own secret spot, whether it's in your room or your office or in your basement or your closet. We find our secret spot and we lean into the Lord. We're, we're driven to be there with him. And whether, whether we're digging into God's word or we're just in prayer or worship, something jumps out on us that directly speaks to us. It feels like God himself is with us at that moment. Anybody here, give me a yep if that's ever happened to you. Uh, If you've ever felt that, right? Amen. God is real and he changes everything when you catch him, when that happens. And it creates in us a beautiful hunger for more, for more of his presence, for more of his word. And we find out that his word, it truly is the bread of life. So let's dive into our Bibles today. We're going to go to Matthew chapter 5, verse 6. Matthew 5, verse 6. And give me the yoo-hoo when you're there. We're going to get into it here today. I'll wait for you guys. We'll read it out together. It's a nice and short one, okay? It's on the screen here if you don't have your Bibles. We'll go like this. It says... Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. 
Amen. They shall be filled. So today I want us to consider what are we hungry for? What are you hungry for? What is your appetite for in life? What are we hungry for? It's the force that drives us. It's the most incredible motivator man has is his hunger. His, his drive is to be fed, right? And we think about what the world is hungry for. And John, in the book First John, he says, The world is hungry for the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. And it's so important for us as believers to consider what we are hungry for. And I want to do this earlier, but I, um, I want to say it now that um, if you're here today, I want you to know that whatever you're going through, if you're going through a hard time, a trial, suffering, whatever you've been through, I believe that God wants to do something special in your life. He wants to touch your heart, and he's going to do it through his word. So I just want to make you aware of that, and you'll see when we get into it here, okay? So... Um, these lusts that the world are hungry for, the Bible says that they actually rage war against our soul, these lusts. And so it's so important for us to consider our appetites. What are we hungry for in these dark days? And it's funny how nowhere else in the Bible, it, it doesn't say of anything else that will satisfy you that will fill you, but it's that hunger and thirst for righteousness that fills us. So what's he mean by righteousness? Righteousness is like for godliness, for holiness, and really that leads you to God himself. Until you meet God himself, you will never be satisfied with anything else in this life. You know, he doesn't say blessed is the one who hungers and thirsts for early retirement. He doesn't say blessed is the one who hungers and thirsts for money or blessed is he who does his own thing or blessed is he who hungers and thirsts for the Super Bowl or hungers and thirsts for the Stanley Cup. You Leaf fans are going to be hungry for a while if that's what you're going with, okay? Sorry, boys. Y'all are going to... You know, are we going to be hungry for the next vacation or the next toy? We all know, and if you haven't already, I'll let you know today, none of those things are ever going to satisfy you. I've been there. I've, I've gotten to the island and sat there and say, yeah, that's okay, I guess, you know. But you're the same person, you know. Rick Warren, he says in his, uh, his, his one book, he says, the nice thing about, or the thing about going on vacation is that you got to take you with you, right? And so it's important to really take a look at these things here. Um, if you're here today and you're feeling this hunger, and, and Maddie put it so beautifully, she literally took it right out of my notes here. She had that hunger, right? She had that hunger, and, and, and I think we all experience that in life. Um, in the book of Ecclesiastes, it says that God has set eternity in the human heart and whether you're a believer or not there's something in us there's like this hunger this this there's I'm, i need something else and I, I it's so beautiful that maddie felt that recognized that and she found it in in the lord and that's the only place that any of us are going to find it that's the only place that <clears throat> excuse me any of us are going to be made whole in life 
<clears throat> so if you're feeling that hunger today, I would invite you to not ignore it. Don't ignore it. Make a move on it. Thank God for it. Come, come back to it. Come, come and be filled. I just wanted to share a story about catching. You know, we've been talking about fishing, about catching, and it happened during the last couple of years. We, um, during the, pan- the pandemic uh, and all our limits and things like that, we had this group kind of birthed out of a hunger uh, for more. And a group that said, regardless of the world's circumstances, we are going to meet. We're going to get together and we're going to worship and we're going to read God's word. And, and I'll never forget um, my brother, Matt Stam. We were meeting at the gathering at the time and somehow the gathering got named the Chicken Church, which I'm not really sure how that happened. We may or may not have met in chicken barns, but that's regardless. There was never chickens there, but... I uh, remember my brother Matt Stam came in, and I never met him before, and somebody said to him, hey, Matt, well, why are you here? And he said, because God must be worshipped. And I thought, this is my guy. This is my man here. And um, I never forgot that. Just his, He had like a, like a hunger for it, you know? And so we met, and we got together, and we continued to meet and worship, and... <clears throat> Through more limitations, respectively, we split again, and and the branch was birthed. And we continued to seek God and get together and and read the Bible. And for some, it was a step of faith. And for others, it was way outside of their comfort zone. Um, But we learned to fish on our own. You know, it was a small group setting. It wasn't like this big group setting where you could kind of sneak in, hear something, and sneak out. It was a you-can't-hide type place, right? Whether you're having a bad hair day or not, it didn't matter. You had to come. And likely we all had bad hair days anyways, but that was life, and we're meant to do it together, right? But get this. You know, it wasn't long before we started catching, okay? It got to the point where everybody started coming in with something awesome to share, something awesome that they read that touched their heart, something awesome that happened to them through the week, and they just knew it was the Lord, and there was tears, and there was laughter, and we've been going through it, and it was beautiful. You know, we were going through life together. Some of our beautiful friends in the group got some of the worst news they could have ever gotten during our time together, and there was more tears But we were there together to pray for each other, to care for each other, just the way the Lord would have us, right? You know, in this large group setting, it's it's easy to come in and, like I say, shake some hands, hear a message, and, and, and just run out the door when it's over. But in fishing terms, that's how you get skunked sometimes. That's how you miss out sometimes, you know? And even if you come here once a week... And you hear one message, you know, you get fed once a week. Can you really live off of one meal a week? No, no, you can't. You can't live off of one meal. And you can't keep your faith at arm's length. You know, the Christian life, it isn't a spectator sport, okay? It's an all-in. It's a full contact, all-encompassing, personal deep walk with Jesus every day 
in your life. And our small group created a wonderful opportunity to put that practice in, into motion, into motion. It was a, a time where we really experienced discipleship in, in a real awesome church mentality. I was chatting with Mark lately and about this sermon, and he was trying to write my sermon for me, and I said, whoa, whoa, you get every other Sunday. Like, this is mine, you know? And, but he actually said something really great. He said, discipleship isn't a buzzword. You know, it's more like a nice idea rather than an actionable reality. And I loved how he said an actionable reality. You can take action, and it can become a reality. And really, that's when the, the tires, the, the rubber hits the road, right? When we get into it, we, we make moves, right? And the discipleship, it's not really a buzzword because really it costs us something. And, and we kind of shy away from it, right? We, it, it costs us our comfort sometimes. It costs us our time. And sometimes we're not, we're not willing to, to give it, right? Um, anyways, it was just a beautiful experience we had together, and um, if someone needed a meal, a place to go, a helping hand, you're close. We have established the relationships, and it's hard to meet the needs of a big church, but it was much easier to meet the needs of a small group. And as I was writing this, my, my wife, she was kind of laughing because when we were first married, the small group thing, it, it really wasn't me. I, I was more of like I had the lone wolf mentality. I would, I would rather not talk and talk about how I'm feeling and all this stuff. And so, man, I want to talk to you here today. Um, And, you know, I'm so glad that the Lord has shown me different, okay? We're not meant to do that. We're meant to be heard, okay? Our wonderful ladies, you you are usually heard, okay? But men, (laughs) men are typically not, we're not. You know, some of the scariest words that a man can hear is, hey, talk to me, right? Right? Am I alone on this? Yeah, not the time, fellas, not the time, right? You know, sometimes I'd rather jump out of a moving bus than, than hear those words. But, but hear me out. You know, the days of our wives heading up the spiritual leadership in our home, it needs to come to an end, Okay. I'm so thankful for godly women, and you are truly priceless. I wouldn't be here today if it wasn't for a godly mom, okay? So you guys are vital, but men, we need to rise up, okay? We need to act now, and we need to not just listen and hear and say, but we need to act, okay? We need to not only speak truth, but live truth, okay? We need to live it out. I came across this um, awesome quote from Charles Spurgeon, uh, a preacher who was born in 1834 in London. And he said this, he said, We shall soon have to handle truth, not with kid gloves, but with gauntlets. Okay, the gauntlets of holy courage and integrity. And that could not be more true for the days that we're living in. Okay, and it's not talking about taking truth and ramming it down people. It's talking about the courage to stand in it, to stand firm and to live it out. And this is the truth that we believe in. The truth that we're living is under attack 
and it's and it's a time where we need to stand firm in it and 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 say no 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 this isn't messing around anymore this is who we are this is God's word and we need to stand firm in that and as men and as fathers and as husbands we need to protect the front door of our home we need to watch every single thing that comes in our door whether it's on screen ideology any media anything the world is throwing at us stand firm therefore men we have a high calling a high calling on our lives we really do and um a little side note i have this awesome book called husbands and fathers and a few extra copies if anybody wants one let me know i'll be happy to give you one um so you may be thinking you know why bother with any of this why bother i got my ticket to heaven you know, I'm here on Sundays. I filled out my sheet with the info. What more do you want from me? Okay, what more do you want from me? I'm a busy guy. So I have three reasons why we want to be a people who are actively pursuing and following Christ. Okay, three reasons why we want to be a people actively following and pursuing Christ. Number one is we have an enemy. Okay, we have an enemy whose main objective is that we don't, is that we don't follow Christ, is that we don't pursue godliness, is that we don't make it. In fact, our enemy would love nothing more to see our families broken up, our, our relationships broken down. That is his ultimate goal. And it's not, it's not a political enemy, okay? It's not a social justice enemy or a human rights enemy. This is a spiritual enemy, okay? Everything you're seeing going on outside is just a fallout of a spiritual roar, a spiritual war that's raging outside, okay? And we need to be aware of that and stand firm in that. And because of an opposition, you can't just do nothing, okay? You can't do nothing. I want to read from Ephesians 6.10. If you have your Bibles, go to Ephesians 6.10. We'll read through that together. As you get there, I just want to remind us as believers, we are in this battle. It's automatic, okay? And like Aragorn from Lord of the Rings says, open wars upon you, whether you would risk it or not. So Ephesians 6.10 goes like this. <clears throat> Finally, my brethren... Be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. Stand therefore, having girdled, excuse me, having girded your waist with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness of faith, which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts from the wicked one. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for the saints. You know, I love how it says in the sword of the spirit, you take the sword of the spirit, that's this book. 
and there's no better example of how to use this book is when Jesus was in the desert and faced the devil himself. And the devil threw everything at him, every lust of the eyes, lust of the flesh, everything he had in his, in his uh, armor. And you know what Jesus did? He shot back with truth, with God's word. He said, man shall live off more than bread, but from every word that proceeds out of God's mouth, right? And we need to be like Jesus in that regard. Anything that comes at us, we need to use God's word as our, as our sword to cut through it with truth, right? There seems to be such a battle between what's true in this, in this day and age, and we need to know what's true, and we need to use it. So number two, why we want to be a church that pursues righteousness is, is this, and I love this. God wants to do in you and through you more than you could possibly imagine, okay? He wants to do more in you and through you than you could possibly imagine. And all through the Bible, we have imperfect people, imperfect people. The only perfect person in the Bible was Jesus. Everybody else, they were pretty messed up. And God used them in incredible ways. Why? Because they pursued him, they were faithful, and they were obedient, Okay, we have um, Abraham, who through his faithfulness, an entire generation um, became a people of the Lord. We have David, though small, he stood firm against a giant, threatening a whole nation, proclaiming truth and saying, this kingdom is the Lord and he alone will be victorious. Right. We need people like Jonah. And even though Jonah you know, it took him a while to get there, right? It took him a while to get there. He needed to be gargled from a large fish for a few days and spit up on the beach. But, but the rest of that story is great. He got there. He delivered the message, and the whole city um, was experienced revival and came to the Lord, right? God wants to do awesome things in your family, okay? Um, in your workplace, in your community, okay? We need to... We need to not put a limitation on what God wants to do in us, okay? And as you begin to feed off of this book, your soul will realize it is the bread of life and it's the only place you can go for fulfillment and it will just start overflowing out of you, okay? Lastly, number three, God's restoration for us, okay? I really believe that whether you're a believer in Christ or not, that True restoration is only found in Jesus Christ, okay? So many of us, even Christians, carry sin and guilt and shame and thinking God could never use us and hurt and all these things from the past, and we try everything else in the whole world to fix it except sitting at his feet. And sitting at his feet is the only place that you're going to find true restoration for your soul, okay? You know, Mark said last week that 90% of Christians through a, through a survey don't share their faith. And to me, that is a scary stat because sharing our faith usually comes from an overflow, an overflow of what we've experienced God do, what we've seen him do, what we've continued to see him do. And for many of us Christians, and I've been there myself, that simply is just not happening. It's not happening. We're bogged down in our sin, in our guilt, and our shame. But we got to remember what God has done for us. He's done everything for us to be able to walk in victory and to overcome that. 
okay? I want to read from Isaiah 49. You can go there, or just hear it. Isaiah 49, verse 9. This is how God feels about us, okay? This is, he's rooting for us, okay? This is what he says. He says, that you may say to the prisoners, go forth. To those who are in darkness, show yourselves. They shall feed along the roads and their pastures shall be on a desolate heights. They shall neither hunger nor thirst, neither heat nor sun shall strike them for he who has mercy on them will lead them even by the springs of water he will guide them I will make each of my mountains a road and my highways shall be elevated surely these shall come from afar look those from the north and the west that's us no matter where you're coming from no matter how far off you've been he's here for us okay and I'm going to jump down to verse 14 here, and this is the best, okay? You know, for some of us, saved or unsaved here today, you might be thinking, where even is God? If there is a God, where has he been my whole life? How come I had to go through this? How come I had to experience this? Where is God in my life? And here's God speaking to us. He says, but Zion said, the Lord has forsaken me, and my Lord has forgotten me. And here's the Lord's response. He says, can a woman forget her nursing child and not have compassion on the son of her womb? Surely they may forget, yet I will never forget you. And then he says this. This is Jesus. He says, see, I have inscribed you on the palms of my hands. I have inscribed you on the palms of my hands. Each of your names have been written on Jesus' palms. When he hung on that cross, he died for each and every one of us, and he thought about us. Our names were written on his palms. We can live because he died. We can be victorious over sin because he was victorious over sin. When these beautiful people come down in here, that old life, it's signifying that old life is dying in here. I'm not who I once was. And when I come up, I come up and I live now in the power of Jesus because of what he's done and in his truth, my slate is wiped clean. I am a new creation in Jesus and I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And I love baptisms. It's such a beautiful thing. And that's what God's mentality is for each and every one of us. He has that for each of us. No matter what you've been through, no matter what you're struggling with, he has freedom and liberation and new life for you. Okay? So just to end today, what are we hungry for? What are we hungry for? You know, everything in this world is fading away. It's fading away. You know, and we need to ask ourselves, what are we hungry for? We will never be satisfied outside of righteousness, even though you might not be able to see it right now from where you're at. If you decide to go that route, and I beg you that you will, you'll know it when you get there, okay? Thank God for the hunger. If you have a hunger, thank God for it. Pursue him, pursue him. And I just want to end with a quote from Pastor David Wilkerson talking about being in the mud, 
Some of us are in the mud. Christian or not, we're in the mud. And he says, there comes a time where God in his mercy says, get up out of the dirt and make a move. Make a move. Let's pray. God, I thank you that you love us. And I thank you that we can find satisfaction and fulfillment in life in you, God. I thank you that we're not just an accident. We're not just floating around for no apparent reason and going to end in darkness, God. But you have a plan and a purpose for this life. You have a life to come, Lord Jesus. Thank you for your truth, God, that changes us that we can stand firm in, God, in these days where everything just seems crazy and it's falling apart at the seams, Lord. Because of our faith in you, things aren't falling apart. They're only falling into place, Lord Jesus. And we thank you, God, for your great love for us. You are the good shepherd, God, that leads and provides for our every need, God. Thank you for each one here, Lord. I pray that your word will continue to penetrate their hearts, God, to go deep in them, Lord, And you will create in all of us a hunger for more, Lord Jesus. Thank you. Bless each one. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 God bless us.